This is the Portside Pod, the official podcast of the Stockton Ports. I'm the voice of the Ports, Alex Jensen, and on today's episode, we discuss the upcoming baseball season with the longtime radio voice of the A's, Ken Korak, in the first of a two-part conversation. During these trying times, Chase Chevrolet is still open and here to serve you. With their Easy Pass service, you can shop online and have your new pre-owned vehicle delivered right to your door. Learn more at chasechevrolet.com slash easypass. The voice of summer in Oakland joins us here on the Portside Pod, Ken Korak, uh, the, the radio voice of the Oakland A's for uh, a number of years now. Kind enough to take some time uh, during... A time when there's no baseball. It's, it's good to have a baseball voice on. Ken, how you doing? Uh, well, Alex, it's great to be with you. It's great to have you. What, what's, uh, what has this time, period of time since everything was shut down in spring training, what does that look like for you? Well, I think I'm like, it's, it's kind of like everybody else, I would think. My wife and I really shut things down. Uh, the last day we went out and did anything, I think, was the 16th of March. And so... You know, I went to the market a couple times in March, and then after that, we got our food delivered. And um, the other day, and I'm here in the Bay Area, we went up to Sonoma, up to Glen Ellen, and we sat and had lunch outdoors at a winery up there. And that was the first time, literally, that I had eaten any food that wasn't under our own roof. <laughs> so, you know, it's like everybody else. We, we were really... Um, Pretty diligent and, and dedicated, I think, to staying in, Alex, and abiding by the guidelines, which I think are so important even today because we're seeing the, the cases still spike around the country, and just trying to make the most of every day. And I'm sure everybody, and you've had the same experience. It's like Groundhog Day. Every day was the same. We tried to get to 4 o'clock because then at 4 o'clock, you can think about having dinner, and that kind of kicked in a sense of normalcy. So looking for that that sense of normalcy and whatever we could do to, to kind of bring that about. And the A's had me doing some stuff. We did some recordings and I've done some podcasts and uh, spoken to a lot of broadcasters in the minor league. So um, I think staying busy and, and doing things like that is a long winded answer, but I don't think what we went through or have been going through is a whole lot different from anybody else. Well, it's interesting, right? Cause I think it's different for everybody. Because you, you, would, you do want that sense of normalcy. And at least for me, I mean, you talk about going to get a meal somewhere that's not in your house. You know, I, I, it, it kind of shocked me a little bit how much I missed going to a restaurant or going out to eat or just doing something that, that feels normal, you know, that, that doesn't feel like you're cooped up inside all day. I mean, I can't remember the last time I went and had, it was probably at spring training with you the last time that I went to a restaurant to have a meal. Yeah, I, would, I can say the same thing too. Uh, I think we all miss our lives, but we've just got to stick it out, Alex, and and try to get through this thing. And we're very fortunate. There's so many people that are hurting in in so many ways with their health or economically or psychologically, emotionally. And my heart goes out to to people like that, for sure. And I, I know that we've been lucky. Our family, by and large, not everyone has been healthy, but in our immediate family, we've, we've done really well. So. Uh, you know, all things considered, we're doing okay. Without a doubt. And thankful for that. And also thankful for the fact that one thing you can do and socially distance can is play a little bit golf. Yeah. I hadn't touched my golf clothes for almost three months. And I've found that we were talking before we started the interview <laughs> that 
I think, I don't know that there's anything that clears my head out any more than just like going to the driving range. I hit like wedges and eight irons today for about a half hour and it's really good therapy. Oh, no question. I've dusted them off myself. Yeah. It's been nice to just get outside and, and, and breathe right. in the fresh air outside of my own neighborhood. Yeah, and you appreciate some of the little things. Uh, I tried to take a walk. You know, you were, you were asking about what it was like. And I've tried even, because we're back in the Bay Area now, and uh, try to take a walk every day. And you start to appreciate the simpler things. I yeah. think those things are more meaningful and, and come into focus, like just looking at how beautiful it is outside and the, the flowers and the trees. And uh, maybe I'm getting a little syrupy, but I, I think that, and I've talked to a lot of people who feel the same way, that you do appreciate uh, things like that. Stuff we should always appreciate, that maybe we have a, a heightened sense of that now. I'm with you. Hearing the birds, like finding new trails, I, 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 I totally hear you. It does sound like we're going we're gonna to get baseball back soon, though, hopefully. I mean, knock on wood, and nothing is for sure right now, as you said, with uh, the spikes in, in cases around the country and certain parts of the country and you know, maybe this doesn't go away until we get a vaccine completely. It won't go away completely until we get a vaccine. But uh, it, it does sound like baseball is is on the verge of, of coming back. And I don't want to get into the labor negotiations. We've done that too much on this program. And I'm sure you've had your fill of it. I think we've all had our fill of, of the labor negotiations. But uh, it, it's a good thing for baseball to at least come to an agreement, it seems like. I mean, the ink is not dried on this thing yet, but it seems like coming back soon and hopefully getting players on the field, assuming that all the health, uh, you know, the, the, the safety precautions are, are, in, are in line. Yeah, let's hope for that because they're on about the five-yard line now as we're recording this, right, Alex? So, yep. yeah, I think it's, it's good, and, and the virus may have the final say, so that's the great unknown out there. But I think it would be really good for the country uh, to have baseball. I'm looking forward to, you know, assuming that all the protocols and the guidelines are in place as I'm, Sure, they will be with the A's because I've been talking to people there and they've been awfully diligent. I think the chance to do games, I'm looking forward to it. How good would it be for baseball in general? I mean, because we've seen kind of a decline in the uh, in popularity in the sport in the in the younger parts of the population. Ken, I mean, you know, I've been watching golf the last couple of weekends and I've been glued to like the 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 opening round on Thursday. I don't normally do that. But right. it's, you have a captive audience right now. So how good would it be for baseball to come back and, and succeed in being able to do this? You know, again, making sure that, that everyone is safe and healthy. Right. And that's the key point. Obviously, it all starts with that. And ratings are going to be great, I think, on radio and TV, one would hope. And, and I do think that they've, this the last three months in the negotiations, I know you don't want to touch on it, but all the acrimony did, did no good at all especially in the context of what everybody's been going through. The last thing the country needed was to have a contentious negotiation, but that happened. I don't know how, I'm not sure we're, we really know how this is going to look too. Yeah, That's one of the things going into this season, there's this great unknown because it's going to be very different. So if baseball, my hope was, and I think this is, might be a fantasy or was just too idealistic that baseball could have a, a negotiation that went far more smoothly and then the foundation could be put in place to have the sense that the contentiousness was gone, that they could also begin to build on a relationship that would allow them not to go through this again 
after next year when the CBA is up. But right now, there's a, this cloud is hanging over the game because of that. But my hope is because the game is great. And I've said this a lot during the last three months, Alex, in, in thinking about and pondering what it will be like when baseball comes back. The game can rise above. Hopefully, the game itself, and we'll see great action on the field and uh, like with the condensed schedule, uh, compelling races because it's going to be, you know, a dash to the finish that the game might prevail here. And if the game prevails, then baseball uh, can certainly get back on track. And that would be the best case for everybody, right? Once these guys get back on the field, I feel like it'll kind of fade all that other stuff into the background. You know, it'll become noise, at least for, you know, a time. Like you said, I mean, the cloud will still kind of be there, but when the guys are back on the field and, and, and we get baseball back, I kind of feel for me anyway, that, that I'll forget everything that, you know, the league and the players union just went through. Yeah. And there are great players in the game. And I think people will get, we're going to miss having fans, all yeah. of us yeah. uh, because of that energy that the fans bring and they're so vital going to games, but there's so many great players in the game. And like I said, Alex, I think if the, if the action uh, is riveting, which often it can be in baseball, especially with uh, the shorter season, then then I think people will will grab onto it. That's for sure, and it it'll fill a void, like you said. Uh, people have really been missing that entertainment. How many times have you thought, you know, I'm going to turn on a ball game tonight? And there's <laughs> you, you can turn on a ball game, but it's from 1973 or something, right? Yeah, it's been kind of fun to watch. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to to why I was watching uh, Game One of the World Series last night from 1989. Yeah. between the A's and the Giants and getting to watch Dave Stewart and Mark McGuire and Ricky Henderson in an A's uniform again. It was, it was, it, it's been a lot of fun. So, I mean, that's, that helps fill the void a little bit, at least anyway. I've, been, I've watched a lot of that stuff, too, my wife and I. And I love also listening to the announcers, too, from yeah. back in those days. It's great because Vince Scully's been retired now for two or three years and be able to go back and, and listen to him. And, and they had the Jack Buck special on MLB Network yesterday. And, these people who were idols of mine growing up and you hear them back in their prime and then to see some of the old games and then think of, of people that were players then or managers now or coaches that you've gotten to know over time and then see them in their playing days. That's been kind of a trip. So uh, I've enjoyed it too. Back to this year, you mentioned it. I mean, 50 to 60 games. Oh, well, speaking of actually, when you, when you said the voice, you know, hearing old voices, getting to hear Roy Steele's voice over the PA at the Coliseum. The batter. Exactly. You do a great Roy Steele. <laughs> <laughs> the late Roy Steele. Dave Henderson, center field. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Throw that in there for you. One of my favorite parts of coming into the booth every day, Ken, was, uh, was hearing a Roy Steele. Well, we miss him. We really did. We lost Chester Farrow, too, and yeah. uh, Matt Keo passed away, and so many people uh, that we miss, I think, from the A's family. No doubt. Without a doubt. Um, all right, so to this season now, you mentioned, I mean, it's going to be a shortened season. It's going to be 60 games if, if, if the ink dries on this thing and, and you know, uh, we, we actually get a season here in 2020. What is a 60-game season going to look like, Ken? I mean, this is, this is going to be a sprint. It will be, too. And I think one of the questions will be how pitchers are used, especially early in the year, because you're only going to have a three-week spring training and maybe just a couple of exhibition games. So 
That'll be one of the biggest differences, I think. That'll be the biggest difference to start that, and it looks like the National League will have the DH, so you'll have DH in, in the DH in both leagues. But if a starting pitcher can only go three or four innings, or maybe a max five, that's when bullpens will become even more important. So the, the usage of a bullpen, I think, Alex, will come more clearly into focus here. And that'll be the biggest change, I think, early in the year. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sense of, of what kind of team will benefit from, like, you know, a team built a certain way maybe will benefit from a shorter schedule? It'll be a team like the A's who play great in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it, you know, obviously the A's can't afford their traditional first half slumber. Right. You know, it goes back even to the early 2000s when they had those great teams and they went to the postseason four years in a row beginning in 2000. They always struggled out of the gate. And then all of a sudden around the All-Star break, they'd get hot. You'd hope that they would just be around 500 at the break and then they would take off in the second half. So you've got to play well. You've got to stay healthy too because I know a lot of people have talked about that, Alex, is that if you have a, like a torn hamstring or something, that could knock you out for more than half the season. Mm-hmm. So staying healthy, I think, will really be critical. But if you also look at a club like the A's, there's, there's no sense to think about a pitch count. You would think, given good health, that their starting pitcher should be okay to go for the, you know, you're, you're only talking about two months. So that it should help guys like Lizardo and Puck. Well, and it, it, I guess it helps the A's handling of them a little bit too, right? I mean, we were talking with Melissa Lockhart about this last week, about how – in a 60 game season, you know, these guys are going to be able to go out and have a real impact and, and the A's aren't going to have to worry about any type of innings limit. Right. That's right. Exactly. And plus they have a good bullpen. They really have a good club. So they have exceptional players. They have dynamic, impactful players. So a team like the A's should be in good shape going into the year. The other you- thing is, is that we haven't seen the schedule yet. But all signs are pointing toward the two Western divisions being coupled in the Central and the East. So all your games will be played in your own division or against the corresponding division. And how you do in those games is going to help determine whether you get to the postseason or not. So how the A's are going to do against the Giants and the Dodgers, Diamondbacks have Bumgarner. So teams like that, it's going to be really interesting how they, how they work all that out. Yeah, you mentioned that. I mean, the Rockies have a good – you look at the teams in the National League West, the Rockies have a good club. You know, the Padres could certainly be dangerous with some of their young talent. Right. Uh, So it's it's Good bullpen down there in San Diego, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Dodgers obviously have won like 18 Western divisions in a row or something. It's the perfect time to purchase a new car today at Chase Chevrolet. Take advantage now of model year-end inventory reduction prices and supplier pricing on select 2019 vehicles. You can always count on Chase Chevrolet for the best prices, best service, and easiest car buying experience. And now, back to our episode. Going to some other personnel you know, dealings with the A's uh, in how this shortened season, and I brought this up with, with Melissa as well, uh, a guy like you know the second base situation with a guy like Jorge Mateo who was going to be out of options or Franklin Barreto, whichever the direction can the A's were going to go, you know, maybe this season gives them a little bit longer of a window to take a look at those two guys and figure out and not just there, but in other certain, I mean, 
you know, if, if Marcus Simeon leaves that for free agency, and that's looking down the road, obviously. I mean, the A's are going to be able to evaluate what they have exactly in some of the guys that are, that are out of options right now. Right, because it looks like they would start the year with more than 25 players on a roster. Right? We've read that they would start maybe with 30, then you'd whittle it down to 28 and then 26. It would give chances for those guys to uh, hang on to a job. I don't know how a lot of this is going to work, too, like the trading deadline or yeah. options, situations, stuff like that. If they, if they have a taxi squad, which it looks like is going to happen, right, with 20 extra players, will that count against service time? Will they have to be uh, placed on the 40-man roster, which wouldn't make a whole lot of sense with the math because that's 50 players in total. So, you know, there's so many unknowns. The other thing, too, is having guys like Mateo and Barreto, especially Mateo, who's like, an 80 runner on a 20 to 80 scale. If you, if they implement the minor league rule where in the 10th inning, if you're tied, you've got the runner at second base to start the inning. Apparently the, you would know more about this than I do that when you, when you come up to bat in the 10th, the, the batter who made the last out is the one who goes to second base, right? Correct. But you could substitute a Mateo for that guy in the last half inning, mm -hmm. get him in the game, so he starts the 10th inning in second base. Now you've got your fastest guy at second base. So there will be a lot of these variables that the manager's going to have to think about, right? What do you think about that rule? Well, I'm not a big fan of it, but the way, the way I think about all this is whatever happens this year, we understand that it's this year. Yeah. It's the coronavirus year. So I'm not going to have a, a, too big an issue with whatever they decide to do. It, it's going to be amazing looking back yeah. at 2020. Yeah. I mean, there was one, one person I forget who'd mentioned today that don't go to that until the 12th inning, or maybe you, you, you just, you don't do it at all. And then if it's, you're tied after 12, it's just a tie and don't put the runner at second base. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I mean, I, I do think that there's a way that you can avoid 18, 19 inning games, right? Yeah, they're not going to do that. Right. That, that's not, and that's not good for anybody, especially in a, a shortened season like this right. one. But I kind of agree with that. You know, after 11, 12 innings, then I think you put a runner at second base. Or you right? just say it's a tie game. Or it's you, a tie. You move I, on to play the next day, right? The tie doesn't sit well with me, Ken. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. It doesn't sit well with me either. I'd rather put a runner at second. Yeah, okay. Let's see, there are a lot of things that we're, we're venturing into the great unknown here. Right. And <laughs> I'm just glad that I don't have to make these decisions. Right, Exactly. Did you get a sense in spring training? I, you know, talked to Martin Gallegos about this, you know, Melissa Lockard, same deal, where the A's kind of had this feeling like, even after back-to-back -back 97 win seasons, back-to-back uh, -back postseason appearances, they, you know, the guys in the clubhouse felt like they were more, there was, there's more in there. there. There's more that they can accomplish, you know, even after winning 97 games back-to-back -back seasons. Do you get the, the feeling with this group of guys, this club, that they're, they're not like, you know, resting on their laurels? They're not happy with 97 wins? No question, because they're tired of playing the wild card game. Two years in a row, you have to play that game, and it is really, and they played it in 14-2, as you know. So their last three postseason appearances have been in the wild card. You've got to get past that. It looks, unless they make a last-minute deal, the players and owners, that you'll have the wild card again. Uh, this year so getting past that and at least getting into a best of five I think is really optimal the other thing too is that you, you wonder if every team if all the players will be engaged in this 
because you probably went through this yourself. Like, I don't know if this is a great analogy, but, but like a long rain delay. And do you keep your concentration during that time when you come back out to play? I know I've dealt with that as a broadcaster too. If you're in a two hour rain delay and you lose your edge, will all the teams and all the players be fully engaged and focused once we get back to play? I think that's a legitimate question too. Will all the players play? I think that's another legitimate question. Right. I mean, sure. you look at, I mean, not just guys with health concerns, but you know, guys that, that stand to make, and who knows how this is all going to affect free agency, right? That's, we, we don't know. Uh, but you know, maybe a guy like George Springer, who's going to, who's supposed mm-hmm. to be a free agent at the end of this year, the Astros kind of manipulated his service time uh, to, to keep him for an extra year, which happened to be this year. Does he come back and play? I mean, if, if he breaks his wrist in the second game, yeah, what does that do to his free agency? You know, Mike Trout's talked about how he wants to be there for the, the birth of his, his first child. Who could blame him? You know, we so don't I, know, right? It's, we don't know. There's so much but, unknown. Yeah, we don't know. But the, the hope is that when you get back on the field for summer training, it's not spring training, of course, that, that, that the old vibes will come back. The yeah. old feeling of being out on the ballpark, taking batting practice, infield, the smell of the grass, and that, that it'll kick back in because this is something that we've been around for our whole lives, right? So uh, I, I think we're all hoping that that happens. Some of the, uh, you know, rule changes that have been proposed here in, in, you know, the back and forth, the universal DH, it feels like is coming at some point, right? Uh, but expanded playoffs is another one. Do you think these two things are, are coming? I think the DH is. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a fan of, you know, I've vacillated back and forth. I've been in the American League my whole career in the big leagues. The thing that I never liked was that the two leagues had different rules. And I think that really became a factor during interleague play. And I know Bob Melvin just hated it when his pitchers had to hit. So having uniformity there, I think, is a good thing. I'm, I've never been a fan of expanded playoffs. I know the benefits from the revenue standpoint, talking about television, because so much of the TV money comes from the postseason. But one of the great things about baseball is that you do whittle it down. 20 of the 30 teams don't make the postseason. So there are people who, who think that 162 games is too many because the games don't mean that much, like in June or July or April or May. But I kind of take the opposing point of view. And that is that every game means something in baseball because not that many teams make the playoffs. So it's not like basketball or hockey where you don't have to have that great a record. You can still get in the postseason and, and get on a run. So uh, I, I've always been a proponent of whatever can make the regular season the most meaningful. Especially when you're playing that many games. I mean, if you play that many games and half the league makes the playoffs anyway, I mean, what, you know, what's the point of, of playing 162 right. games? You might as well just take it down to 100. Yeah, exactly. Right. And how many times have you lost a division, teams lost a division by one game, and you think about a game that you lost on April 23rd might have cost you the postseason. So, you know, all that stuff, I think, is, is one of the cool things about baseball. It is part of what makes it unique. I mean, baseball, the baseball season is such a war of attrition where, you know, if, if you have to go 18 innings, like we're talking about, you know, that could affect your pitching for two or three days down the road. And you normally identify the best teams. You do. Yep. There are no excuses after 162 games, right? And that's what it's all about. 
I, I saw something in the athletic the other day where it's, a, it's something like only 22 teams have finished exactly 500 since baseball moved its schedule to 162 games. And only two of those teams can had an even run differential a run differential of zero. So just wow. to show you that the, the cream normally rises to the top. For sure. Yeah, I would think so. There was one year, I think it was recently, where the Mariners had this unbelievable record in one-run games. And in their own self-evaluation, even though they had a good record, they said that the record wasn't indicative of how good their team was, and they went to the rebuild anyway. Yeah. So that's part of the analysis, that the, the self-analysis you have to have as a general manager. That was two years ago, and that's a great yeah. example of a team that could, in a 60-game season – could smoke right. and mirrors their way to the playoff. Even if they're like, I mean, we talked about the expanded playoff. This is, and, and how this is a year that makes sense to have an expanded playoff. That's exactly the reason why. Yeah, I think you're right. I really agree with that. Yeah. So for you, Ken, we're talking to Ken Korak. He's, he's a radio voice of the Oakland days. Uh, how would things change for you in, in, a, in this world of a 2020 baseball season where there are so many unknowns? <laughs> Well, let me preface this by saying that we have not gotten official word from Major League Baseball as far as how this is all going to look for us. We've had discussions about it. We have a general idea, but I just want to make sure that we're clear in saying that, that we have not gotten the final uh, decision yet from Major League Baseball as to our logistical setup. But it looks like we would do the home games from the Coliseum and the road games from the Coliseum. So not traveling. I guess I don't think that there's any way that the broadcast teams will be traveling. And so at home, we would do the game like we normally would, although because there's so much space available and we want to have the necessary distance, I think, that I might wind up over in the visiting TV booth by myself over there. And Vince Catronio and our engineer, the great Mike Barrett, will be in the home radio booth. And as you know, the booths are really close together. There's just a pane of glass you can see right in. So um, have that kind of separation. I think that might be the way we go. And then we would do the same thing for the road games. And we would watch a TV monitor and broadcast the games off of, uh, off of a TV. And that's not that unusual. I mean, not sure that many people are fully aware that like, if you look at the Olympics coverage, mm -hmm. that many of the Olympic events are the, the broadcasters are doing the game and the games or the events in a studio off a monitor. So I think that's the way it's looking like it's going to go for us. And then as far as the um, access is concerned, like doing interviews pregame and things like that, that's something that will have to be worked out because in the, you know, they have the, the, the tier set up, at least that was what initially had been indicated in the health and safety protocols from Major League Baseball, that we might do a lot of the interviews that Bo Bell showed, just like you and I are talking right now. So those, I think, would, that would be the biggest difference, I think. You mentioned how a lot of, a lot of you know, sports have gone that way, remote broadcasting, some college sports, the Olympics. But wouldn't that – I mean, it would make a big difference on radio as opposed to TV. Because yeah. TV, you know, you're doing a TV broadcast. Everyone can see the same thing you're seeing in radio, especially in baseball. You got to be so descriptive with the, you know, the shifts, especially now with the shifts where, where all the guys are positioned. Uh, I yeah, guess well, off the bat, you may not know exactly where the ball's going. <laughs> so, well, I know that. And that, that's a problem for me anyway, in the best of times, when no, I'm no, using no. my own eyes. <laughs> where is it? It could be. It's caught on the track. But, you know, um, 
I'm old enough to remember when they used to recreate games. But when I was a kid living in LA, the Dodgers used to recreate some of their spring training games. And the Padres, the old uh, Pacific Coast League, San Diego Padres, you could hear their games in West LA at night. And I've listened to those games. They recreated a lot of the road games in the Coast League. Now I'm really dating myself. So to me, I'm looking at it as a challenge kind of like that where you, the announcers who did the recreations really learned to use their imaginations mm-hmm. because they would, the ticker, because they got the information off the uh, ticker tape and the ticker would go down and you have to invent these rain delays or rhubarbs or arguments or a guy had an injury because you weren't getting the information, right? You would be stuck on a 2-1 count for 10 minutes and so you would you would make up, like you would imagine that there was an injury and the trainer was out there, the doctors came out, so you were killing time. And so wow. I'm kind of looking forward to, to the fact we're going to have to use our imagination a little bit more. Now, to, it's, to go inside the mechanics of it, we might get more than just the game feed on our monitor. There's been some talk, Alex, that we might get like a high home camera, which I've really been pushing for, hopefully, we can get that because with all the shifting in baseball, if you didn't know there were three infitters on the right side, because the game has changed so much from that standpoint, you know, I really would like to know that how they're playing defensively so you can get a sense in your, in your mind as to where a ball is hit, then you can, you'd have the corresponding fielder there to field it or how the outfielders were playing. So I, I think there's a decent chance we'll get that. So I don't think that we'll be terribly handicapped from that standpoint. And if we are, we'll just make some stuff up. Yeah, it's funny. when you And I have Vince Catronio, you know, we can kick it around like we always have. And Vince always has a ton of information, as you know. So the other thing is I, I really think that our audience will be very understanding. Don't you think? Oh, I, I completely agree. I mean. You know, I'm going to miss some. We're going to miss some stuff. And, and I think people are going to be aware of that. So hopefully they'll give us little, a little latitude from that standpoint. Well, I kind of like the attitude of, of just having fun with it. You know, when are you going to have the opportunity to do this again? Do something like this again? Yeah, hopefully never, right? Hopefully but never. We'll, yeah. make the, we'll make the best of it. And, you know, I think that, that for fans, I've always thought about this, Alex, that we, we, for me, the people I think about are the shut-ins. You know, people who physically are just unable to get out, especially to go to ball games or even go out and have a more normal life. And, and they, you know, baseball on the radio is so important to them. And especially during this time, it's even been exacerbated because people have been at home for over three months and sheltering in place. So if we can provide a little joy to people and a diversion those are the people I always thought of anyway. And Chick Hearn, who did the Lakers, was so the late Chick Hearn was so great, always dedicated his broadcast to the shut-ins. I never forgot that. And so those people are, you know, really close to all of our hearts, I think, who do what we do. I'm with you. And I, there's just something just so, I mean, you hear the, you know, how you can not be romantic about baseball, but there is just something special about baseball on the radio. Uh, you know, the, the sounds of the game. Uh, and it just being able to picture it in your head. And I, I, I love the, you know, the thought that you're going to be able to add some extra imagination to that. It is. I think that's one of the great things about baseball. Roy Eisenhart, of course, the longtime executive with the A's during the Haas family, family ownership, always talked about how 
one of the great things to him, because he was a radio fan, he, he, he uh, preferred radio over television, mm -hmm. because of just what you said, that radio allows you to use your imagination. And that was the magic of it for him. It's funny you talk about the recreations. It just takes me back to that scene in Bull Durham when the guy's, you know, hitting the, hitting the wood. Right. Oh, no. And, yeah. And simulating the crack of the bat. I love it. No, there are stories of guys in the minor leagues that would have to, like I said, invent an injury to kill some time yeah. <laughs> when the ticker went down. So, and all of a sudden, the guy's wife was listening to the game and frantically called the clubhouse. What happened to my husband? <laughs> Nothing happened. He's just fine. <laughs> He's just fine. But this is kind of the theater of the mind that we're creating over here. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to a game and just, uh, just, just picture you guys doing that a little bit. I think it'll be yeah. great. We'll have some fun. Yeah. yeah. Be on the lookout for part two of my conversation with Ken coming later this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Portside Pod. If there are topics or interview subjects you'd like to hear on future episodes, tweet at me at ajensen86. The Portside Pod is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms, as well as at our home, anchor.fm slash Stockton ports. You can also visit the Ports website at StocktonPorts.com and follow the Ports on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Alex Jensen. Please stay safe, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Portside Pod. Side Pod.